Hello. Hey, what's up? How you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. I like the I like the background. It looks like you're in a sauna or something. <laughs> yeah, it's just my old house. <laughs> I like it. No, it's uh, it feels very similar to here. Finland, yeah, I'm in like that. my room is in the attic of the uh of the house, so it's I got my own little space. It's kind of nice. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I like that. Attic yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. You got any bats up there? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not gonna. <laughs> Hopefully not. Gosh, Hopefully not. I I remember we had a we had like a mouse, uh, crazy like sixty of them or something got into our house and had babies. Really? And they got I don't know how they got in, but then they get, they got into the attic, and uh, our cat just started going crazy, like trying to get at the <laughs> at the door. And we were like, yeah. what's going on? And then we finally found him. And it was like, we put up traps and we had competitions every day to see who could catch the mice. It was ridiculous. See, that's the issue we have right now is mice downstairs. So hopefully they, they don't come up here. So yeah, <laughs> gotta love it, you know? Always something yeah. new every day. It's, it's always something. Yeah. That's a, a little different than probably the rest of our, our conversation, but still, still, still <laughs> a struggle that you had to go through. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to another Footy and Coffee Conversations. Uh, you got coffee today? Sure do, every day. What, uh, what coffee are you going for? I got a Colombian something or other. Got to put a little cream in there and I'm good to go. Okay, well, Colombian. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, flavored cream or just regular? I can't go regular. It's got to go, I go French vanilla. Okay. A little, okay. little bit of that, you know? That's like a little extra, but not too much. <laughs> no, it's always extra, but. <laughs> <laughs> and drinking out of a Yeti? A Fetty. Oh, yeah. Fetty. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's probably probably smarter. Lots yeah, we're, we're working our way up to a Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to just introduce yourself, say what club you're playing for and position, and we'll, we'll jump into this. All right. My name is Mike Novotny, uh, goalkeeper for Hartford Athletic. I play in the USL in Connecticut on the East Coast. Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> USL. When are you guys, are you guys back to doing a little bit now? Or what's kind of the, the situation? We're still playing the waiting game. So um, we, uh, right now, for the past however many weeks it's been, a couple months, we've been um, doing the online workouts with our strength coach every day um, and just kind of doing our own thing and trying to get out the pitches before getting kicked off um yeah it's just it's been a pretty hectic time but uh a lot of it they're just trying to keep us busy with workouts runs long distance whether it's short distance like short distance like sprints and stuff like that or just video analysis on teams we're playing so i mean a little different every day just stuff to try and keep us sane during this time while uh, we're away from soccer, but yeah, it's it's been going. So hopefully soon we, we'll find out from the league whether um, what's going to happen. But as of now, we're waiting for the the Connecticut government, the state government, to see uh, to open back up the state. So then hopefully we can go into smaller groups uh, and start training again. So we won't go right back into it, of course, but hopefully we can get in the smaller groups soon. Yeah. 
hope so. Yeah, we uh, we started this past Wednesday training in smaller groups again with still like distance. Between How's that players, going? But, Good. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to tell a player not to tackle the guy. You know. Yeah, yeah. Around no you, contact, but, of course. That's that's weird. But it's still it's better than as you said the the individual sessions and all. So. A yeah. couple, I think I can handle a couple weeks before there's mutiny on board. <laughs> yeah, uh, Reed, Reed is advising you to uh, to shave the mustache. I think he's, no, a, he's a hater. I got to keep it right now. Are this you is the first time people are seeing me uh, on camera? So it's I got I got to got to grow it out a little bit, you know. What's What's the plan with it? We've interviewed like five people have had mustaches. I don't know what's going on. Well, my mustache can grow in, but my beard, like, as soon as it, like, is any bit longer than this, you really start to see the patchiness. So, um, I got to keep the beard low, but, uh, yeah, mustache, we're going to try and grow out and see what happens, so. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I, I support it. I always support it. Yeah. Um, so, if you just want to tell us a little bit about uh, where you grew up, uh, what your youth career kind of looked like, um, that type of thing. Yeah, so I grew up um Chicagoland area. Uh grew up in St. Charles, Illinois. Um I played for a, a small club my pretty much my whole youth career. Um I played for Strikers Fox Valley. Um Shout out kinda, to Fox Valley. Yeah, yeah. Fox Valley Mall, let's go. <laughs> Had to, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, so it started off um I think I started there when I was U nine or U ten. Um, obviously started playing goalkeeper, like started to like goalkeeper before then, the position, but, um, that's when I started to get into travel soccer. Um, first couple of years I played with my age group until up until like U13, I think. And then, um, I, after U13, I moved up a year and started training with and playing with those guys, um, just to try and test myself a little bit more. Um, I played with them a couple of years and as soon as um, they went to college actually, so um, would be my junior or going to be my senior year coming up next. I went into, and I, I went over to the rival. I went to Campton United. So yeah, it was a big, a big stir up at the time, but uh, yeah, I, I had to do it just to kind of keep my career going. I never took the Academy route, uh, which is what a lot of people did. Um, but I, I had a weird route to get to where I am right now. And it's, I don't know, I made some great friends, had some great coaches along the way. So one of my goalie coach actually from Strikers is actually like my second dad. So, I mean, he's coached me since I was four or five years old. Like my first, my, the, the day I found out I wanted to be a goalkeeper, my brother was actually, uh, my, my other brother is uh, two years older than me. And he was at a goalkeeper training session. And uh, he, um, I was just off to the side playing with the ball. And then uh, it was like a diving day or something like that. And um, obviously, that's the best day to be a goalkeeper. Obviously. Um, but um, he asked if I wanted to join in. And to this day, like, that was, I knew I just fell in love with the position. I knew I couldn't play any other position. Um, but yeah, I mean, since that day, um, up until college, he was training me. And then um, even when I came back from college, obviously, I trained with Bridges all the time. But I also did extra sessions with him just to kind of try and stay sharp, you know. 
So, I mean, it was a weird, weird route, but it definitely, I enjoyed it and it definitely made me stronger, I think, for um, kind of the future when people, when I got a lot of no's and stuff like that, it's just like, it, my mentality was be the hardest worker on the pitch no matter what, like, the kind of like that blue collar attitude you kind of have, kind of have to have, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's something too. Uh, part of the show is is you know for younger players to show that there is not one perfect route on how to make it to professional soccer. Exactly. Are, exactly. Every single player that we've interviewed has had a completely different story. Some have gone to academy, some haven't, and there's no right or wrong. I mean, there's how many players that play academy and burn out and end up never making it. So it's not like oh, you have to go to academy to to continue mm -hmm. pursuing mm -hmm. and at that point like academies um and there are lots of teams that would have at age groups they would have over 130 kids for three four like maybe three teams and it's just like i got my games in when i when i was a strikers i got my games in at campton it was i grew from them and it was i i, I loved it and People as a goalie great. As a goalie, maybe you're playing with worse defenders in front of you. You're seeing more action. Now. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we um, have some good guys, though. To be fair, though, but um, yeah, I mean, it was definitely fun, though, being at those clubs. Yeah. And then you did was it two year, uh, four years of the ODP state and two of the region. Yes. Yeah, so when I um, I started ODP, I think right around maybe. 13 or 14 when I was 13 or 14 and um, I went through the whole system every time and I remember the first uh, the first state camp we had was at NIU Northern Illinois University and um, it was the first time I ever was spent the night away from my house I never had a sleepover oh, wow. before my, my dad wouldn't let me so um, the first <laughs> this is embarrassing but the first uh camp i went to i actually went home two days later because i was homesick and i i was i was sick to my stomach and um i was just missing home but uh after those i mean uh i think i i did it up until my my senior year um and my my last two years for uh for odp um is when I I, th I think was when I was most successful with the Olympic development program. I think uh, I made uh, the region team both times. And the first time we went to um, Hoover, Alabama, and played uh, the region tournament there, and I'm, our team was unreal. Like looking back at it, and like looking at all, like the whole team was very, 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 very good Division One ball players, and a lot of them went on to. Um, the professional levels as well some of them are in the usl right now one i know just said screw it i'm not going to college i'm gonna go play for reading um signed a contract with reading and uh now not he's bad. playing it now he's playing in the air to air to Vise, and he's uh actually gotten some national team caps it's uh andrea Novakovic. okay yeah wow. so i mean yeah it was a it was a very good team and uh my senior year we went to uh um i think it was florida so that was that was obviously a nice trip. I, I couldn't complain much about that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the ODP side. Um, and I really got to have some nice connections with some players and still talk to a lot of them today. So, I mean, it's 
it was a cool thing. I don't think it's as big now as it was, but um, now that we have all the DAs and uh, well, not anymore. But yeah, uh, maybe ODP will come. Maybe back. it might pop back up. But a um, big thing to do. Yeah, but it's it was a big thing back then. If uh, you made the state team and then like the region pool and then then you made the region team, it was it was a it was fun thing every summer to do. So um, yeah, I enjoyed it and. Uh, kind of got me exposed a little bit for college as well because i mean when we were in um alabama there'd be about 70 coaches lined up on the sideline and it was i've never seen something like that before so. talk about uh talk about how you ended up at eastern illinois what was that process like how did you get recruited there so actually my my state coach i think it was my my state coach for odp my senior my junior year was the head coach at the time for Eastern Illinois University. It was Adam Howarth. And um, he was, uh, I really liked him as a coach. And um, he, uh, right right as soon as that, that camp was done, he's like, hey, we want you to come to Eastern. Um, so I stayed in contact with them. And um, right before, I mean, they were they were one of the few schools that stuck around the whole time because obviously you're going to have those schools that will want you one day and then the next day they're like oh who are you like i don't know who you are anymore so it's it was weird like going through the whole process but um they're one of the schools that stuck around were very friendly and like always like checked up to see how i was doing games and stuff like that and then that that truly goes a long way i think so um when you feel like home when you're at, at school, like it's, that's the best feeling. So um, I, I'm glad I went there and obviously another weird route to where I am now as being a small division one. Um, but I, I enjoyed my time there. It was, it was really fun. Um, yeah, it was, but uh, it all started with that one state team. Like when I played well, that one camp and it kind of blew up from there and then that was one of my that was my final choice yeah yeah um so then during your we'll talk more about it, but during your your four years uh you start almost every game i think there's one your freshman year you didn't but after that i think you had 65 games started um throughout your career uh you finished first team all summit senior year second team all summit i think junior and sophomore year um and have top three or you have i think top one in minutes played games played and top three in saves total saves so obviously a lot of success there um i i found it interesting the the lowest your your goals against average was sophomore year i think it was about 2.8 it was then, bad yeah <laughs> yeah and then, but then by junior year it had gone down to like 1.8 i believe and by senior year down to 0.95 so I think that's also um, obviously there's other factors that tell how many saves and all. But your senior year, you have the most saves and you have the lowest goals again. So obviously a lot of growth and development um, for you during those four years. What was to you kind of the biggest uh, factor of development in those four years? Um, I think the biggest factor was every year I got a lot of shots. Um, being a smaller team, um, we never we never really uh, put things together in terms of wins. Um, I think the most I ever had during college was 
I think five, five wins in a season. So like my first, my freshman year, we went, um, I think we only had two wins. So, I mean, it was definitely a uh, change season. of pace from what I was, I was worried about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so my, my freshman year I came in and obviously they had the, they always look for seniority in the first couple of games, I guess. And he made his, uh, mistake and uh, I, um, I just kind of took my, my shot and just never looked back. But, um, yeah, my sophomore year was a very rough year. <laughs> um, we, uh, we, we played some top 25 teams and we were trying to play out of the back and that didn't go so well sometimes when, uh, when we played Xavier, Kentucky, and that was, that was a true eye opener for me. Um, but it definitely, uh, got me ready. Like just as soon as you like play those higher quality players, you kind of want to like strive to like compete with them like every time so uh my junior year we we started to get a little bit more success we went we that's my year we got five wins um played pretty well as a team we just couldn't put the goals together and then my senior year we ended up going four nine and six which is the weirdest record i've ever had in my whole life like we had four wins nine losses and six ties and i think five of those ties were zero zero ties Oh, wow. We scored 10 goals all year. Um, and we loaded that up, I think, 15 or 16. So it's, it's great. we were great, a great defending team, but we just couldn't string things together going forward in the final third. Um, but, uh, yeah, it kind of got me some exposure there just because I got a lot of the shots I needed. Um, uh, it's, it's great for those smaller schools in Division One for goalkeepers, it looks like, because if you look at, like, all these leagues and – people that are playing beyond college it's for goalkeepers it's the the goalies that get a lot of shots obviously mm -hmm. you have those big time names that are winning national championships and they'll go on and get drafted but um a lot of the times it's these smaller these smaller goalies that will get their chance just because they're they've gotten the shots they're hard working they know what it obviously they they might have lost but they know what it is to to bounce back from that they know that persistence is like crazy from it i think um and a lot of my buddies that like i've kind of grown close to now in the leagues uh actually have come from those smaller schools so it's, it's pretty cool to see um kind of that transition from the um just college and in general to uh the professional level so yeah yeah absolutely it's uh again that no right or wrong pathway to get there um yeah that's for what sure were you, what were you doing during the summers of university years to stay in shape so during um i started bridges i think my senior year of high school summer um and then every every summer and winter i do bridges come back summer uh do bridges come in the, come back from college in the winter do bridges um i didn't um start doing MPSL or uh, now USL2 until my senior year. Um, but I always did bridges, and uh, it really got me kind of prepared for everything because um, obviously there was a very good level. Um, but my junior year, I actually went on the, the bridges trip uh, during the summer, and we went to Denmark and played uh, uh, teams in Denmark and Sweden. And then uh, my senior year was actually the weird year for me. So that was um, after my senior season, um, 
I kind of set up my classes to where I was able to um, take my second semester online so I can pursue soccer like just 100%. And I only had three electives oh, wow. and they were, they were joke classes. So, I mean, I got all my hard class, like my, my senior year first semester was terrible. I took four coding classes oh. in one semester and it was the hardest, easy, the hardest semester. During, but, um, during the sports season. Exactly. Exactly. So it was, it was tough. So, um, my second semester was a breeze, but, um, right after my, my senior season, I, uh, went to a combine in in Michigan, I went to the Midwest pro combine. Um, I thought I did pretty well there. Um, obviously it was my first true combine or trial or tryout or whatever for a professional team. So the nerves were obviously there. Um, but uh, I thought I did pretty well and it, it got me exposed to, um, a couple um, trials, like invite trials. I went to, I think it was Pittsburgh. I went to St. Louis. And I also um, ended up going into preseason with the Timbers too. Um, so as soon as January came around, I uh, I went over to Portland, Oregon. And I was there for the whole um, bit of preseason. I was there until the last day. Um, Obviously, that was a huge eye opener. So the first couple of days, uh, I did not fit in at all. It was it was rough because I, obviously I I came from a small school and that was that was the best I've seen. You know, yeah. And once you see this next level, you're like, oh crap! Like I gotta I gotta really step up my game here. So um, we um, well, I was there until the last day, and I, as the weeks went on, every week there was cuts and on Sunday we'd go uh we stayed in a hotel and every week on Sunday we'd be called in one-on-one -on -one with the coach which is the most intimidating thing in the world and he says whether you're staying or you're going and I made it through um I think it was five rounds of cuts I had 12 new roommates in the hotel that whole time I was there yeah I had a roommate for a day and he let like he got he left um but uh yeah so the last day they were just like yeah we we like you but we're gonna sign the guy that's been training with the first team and bring him down for uh for games um he's like we can leave you on and you can just stay here uh sign a zero dollar contract or you can uh go back home and kind of do what you need to do but um i decided to go back um, I went back to school actually and trained with my college uh, for the time being because they're uh, they just started up their spring um, their spring season. But as um, being on a trial for more than forty eight hours, I couldn't play in the games because uh, obviously I was uh, uneligible anymore to play in the spring season games. So um, I just trained with them and just traveled with them to the games just. Uh, I, I wanted to play soccer. I just wanted yeah, to be around. Be around it, so, it, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to be part of the team. So I did anything I could, whether it was warming up the goalies, whether it was anything I could do. Like I, I wanted to be around it. So um, after that, I actually went. I got a call from the uh, the head of the combine, which is uh, Eric Redland, and he um, he actually called me. He's like, listen. I coach for uh, Ann Arbor, AFC Ann Arbor in the NPSL. Um, 
and this was in April or May. And it's like, we have two goalies. One just had a season ending injury with a broken wrist and the other one just got a concussion. You want to wow. come out? And this was like, I graduate on Friday. Um, do you want to come out Saturday? We have a game on Sunday. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like what? <laughs> it's moving a little too fast. So, uh, Obviously, I was just like, I, I need a little time to think. So I was like, I took 24 hours, talked to my uh, talked to my family at the time. And I was like, yeah, I'm all in. I'm like, let's do it. And I think that was the, the best thing I could have done, honestly. Um, went there on, on that Saturday, played on the Sunday. And um, I think we had a very successful season there. Um, obviously, we didn't make it to the national uh the national final or whatever it was and we didn't win it but uh we lost one or two games in the whole mpsl season we only let up four goals i mean oh, that wow. team was a team was unreal um a couple of like solid players that are playing uh in leagues all around the world now i know uh one of our defenders is actually playing in england uh in the conference one of them is playing uh actually in sweden uh for uh Elsberg. So I mean, okay. yeah. he just he just signed over there. I mean, yeah, I mean he's he's very very good. Let's just say that the most humble guy in the world too, which is which is the coolest thing to see. That that's the cool thing to see when you're at the next level is just to see those guys that don't have the egos, those guys that um don't don't bring a lot of baggage to with them. You know, like it's when you find a humble guy that has it's just down to earth. It's it's cool to have those guys in your team. 100%. But after that, um, um, I, I just want to go back real quick. I have two thoughts. The first one was yeah. with the coach at Portland calling you guys in like that. That's like some sick version of the bachelor. Like, yeah, <laughs> either you got the rose or you don't, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, so I feel like you can watch the bachelor, and like understand the, the pressure they feel standing up there. Um, yeah, it was so scary. The other, the other thing was just, uh, I wanted to ask you when, uh were you when kind of did professional soccer not just be a dream but start to look like a reality what part was it in university at some point or what so obviously it was always a dream um dream of mine since i was a kid um but when i thought i truly had a chance was um after that junior year in college um i didn't know how it was going to happen i didn't know when it was going to happen but i just wanted to know, like i knew that i was going to do everything i could to try and get to the next level, whether it was go all the way across the world to play, which is something I ended up doing, or um, just sacrificing anything I could. Um, my senior year, I was the lamest kid on the team. I, I didn't, I didn't go to parties. I didn't. I was always in. I was training extra. I was doing anything I could to um, get to that next level and. Um, I thought that was really when I, I, I sat down with my college coach at the time and I was like, I, I really want to try and pursue this. And, uh, he's the one that actually kind of got me hooked up with the whole Portland gig because he actually played for the Timbers back in the day. So, um, I was just, I think it was my junior year at, at the end of my junior year season, my sophomore year season, I was just like, Oh crap. Like I got to do a little reevaluating re right yeah. now. But, um, it usually goes hand in hand with a little bit of success that it starts yeah. to flip that, hey, this might actually be something if I, if I put in the work, I can get there. Yeah, exactly. So you, you finish at Ann Arbor. You guys have 
uh, a really good season there. And then what's, what's your next step at that point? So, um, the stipulation I had with, uh, with Rudland was the one, the one thing I told him before I came, I was like, listen, I, uh, I love to come, but I want to let you know now that I, uh, already committed to go to Denmark. I went back, I went for a second time on that trip. Um, the bridges trip, I went over to Denmark again. I was like, I, I just need to be, uh, I'll, I'm going to have to miss the, the playoffs, the MPSL playoffs, because I'm going to be going overseas. So go, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Like whatever you need to do. Um, and he was very supportive about it. He could have easily said like, no, like screw off or whatever. Right, you know? yeah. like, but I mean, he was a great, unbelievable guy about it and a great coach about it as well. So after that Ann Arbor season, or after the the playoffs started, I um I went over and I did uh the whole month with Bridges. We played the teams or whatever, and um nothing came about, and I was scared. <laughs> uh, last couple of days I was there, I was just like, what am I gonna do? Like, um, it was a weird season with some, or it was a weird trip with some things that went on that weren't supposed to go on that did uh to say the least but, sounds uh, like that sounds like a normal bridges trip though. yeah 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 um but uh actually uh reed i don't know if he's still in this but uh i reached out to him and i was just like he's like dude you want to come on my team I'm like he acted as my agent at the time because i didn't have an agent and he's like uh i can't promise you anything but uh you can come train and uh kind of see what happens from there um and I was like, well, what do I do? Like, this is like a big decision for me right now just because like I can either go home, possibly just do nothing for the next couple of weeks, months, just because no team, like everybody who has a team is like, they're all solidified at this point. Yeah, it's a dead point. season for, yeah. for people not get signed. Yeah, or I can go there, um, kind of gain the experience I need to, uh, keep playing games keep training and um that's ultimately what i decided to do so um i took the 12 hour train ride up through sweden and that was terrible um almost got lost twice through the night it was nice because i actually went with one of my teammates as well uh, a couple of us actually went up and uh from the bridges trip and went to play with that team uh but uh, that was a that was a weird experience to say the least. But it was it was a good one. Uh, we we stayed in the village of a thousand people, I think it was. So oh, wow. everyone knew everybody. Yeah. Um, but it was. I mean, we are in the northern part of Sweden, so there's. I mean, the nature is absolutely beautiful. So um, I mean, team was very successful. Uh, first eight games after the break, we were there. They we had eight clean sheets. Um, and then little things just started to, to go wrong here and there. And we missed out on promotion by, I think a point. Um, Heartbreaking. So, uh, Heartbreaking. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it was a, a good experience for sure. Um, definitely a weird experience. And I would have never thought I'd be in the Northern part of Sweden, but to be honest, I never thought I'd be in Hartford, Connecticut. So, I mean, uh, it's weird how things turn out, but uh, after I came home, I, it was a weird to get home as well. So uh, I took that 12 hour train ride because my ticket was Jeff put uh Jeff Roy actually uh, yeah. 
uh, said I was flying out of Denmark when we uh, changed my ticket. So I had to fly to Copenhagen, Denmark. So I had to take that 12 hour train ride. And then we get there and um, they say our thing is, uh, our flight is overbooked. Like, oh no, you're kidding. So, um, well, I get, we're already getting the hassle through the passport or the, the border control because we stayed an extra day, which was, I, we didn't know. You we, stayed 91 days? We stayed 91 days, which was a very bad idea, apparently. That was a big no no. But they're like, it's your lucky day. And then this let us through. And um, <laughs> so uh, we, we, they gave us like a bunch of like perks or whatever to, to go the next day. So um, we flew first class to uh, Germany. We, we stayed in a nice hotel in downtown Copenhagen right the night before and had a nice candlelit dinner, me and one of my teammates. <laughs> and um, and then you went back to go through the border and they were like, oh, now it's 92 days. It's not yeah, a lucky day anymore. I was like, we, well, we told him, I was like, if we leave the next day, you have to make sure that border control doesn't give us crap. Because yeah. like, we, we need to be out of the country. So thankfully, they were all cool about it, but um, that was quite the trip to come home. Um, yeah, and then I, I came home in like October, I think it was end of October, or sem September, October. I don't know when it was. Um, but uh, yeah, some came home and obviously there's that little break uh, I had. Um, uh, and in like November and December, I asked uh, Eric Redland, who was the um, uh, obviously the Ann Arbor coach and uh, head of the Midwest Pro Combine. I was like, can I get back in this combine? Is it a, is it a possibility? I, I need to get more exposure because I want to play in the States. Um, and he's like, usually I don't do this, but yeah, you like you can if you like if this is truly what you need and like you think this is the right move then for sure do it and uh, even even after deserting him in the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> i guess so but uh he, he's yeah, been so supportive he's been so supportive yeah like obviously i still talk to him now and i talked to him and i talked to the chairman still at ann arbor there it's an unbelievable organization unbelievable organization like the people there and um yeah so he's like yeah come back uh and just with the experience i had in sweden and just like i think the experiences i had in all the trials and all like the preseasons um i thought i did very well there and um i was i was pretty happy with my play and obviously um well a couple of teams came calling like and there's just like invite trials like come to invite trials come to invite trials and it's just like I can't come to all of them all the time. Like it's sometimes it's kind of expensive, you know, it's, yeah. yeah, it's kind of crazy. So, um, actually right before, uh, like mid December, uh, I, uh, I get a call from Hartford and I was so confused at the time. I was, they wanted me to, they were thinking about signing me. Uh, and since I didn't have an agent at the time, I swear they did a background checks on since I was like 14 years old. So they, they called all my coaches from like since I was 14, my, my goalie coach since, coach since I was four, um, Stan Anderson, uh, if you know him uh, from Camp yeah. Shutout. Uh -huh. Obviously everyone knows him. Uh, I mean, my, my club coach, my college coach, everyone they called. 
and I was like making through this this next steps the rounds or whatever to be one of the final three goalies that they're gonna choose. And then uh, right before um, uh, New Year's hit, I think it was I think I signed with them. And then I, I had the choice to either. And then the next day I got an offer from Madison, which was weird because for a solid three and a half weeks. I did ha I had no like calls or no contacts and it was it's a weird kind of situation to be in because you're playing the waiting game you still have to be fit you still have to like make sure you're ready for anything but you're just like no one wants me right now but uh it's, like literally the hour after I signed and executed my contract for Hartford I got a offer for uh <laughs> to play at Madison. It was weird. So it's like, once something comes, it comes in like bundles, you know? I'll tell you, I feel like uh, football contracts are similar to like dating in middle or high school. <laughs> it's like <laughs> silence for months. The week before prom, all of a sudden, there's three people that want you to ask them. Then it, <laughs> then it goes radio silence for another month. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird playing that waiting game. And I, you don't un like, you don't know how to like, to go through it until you actually go through it it's weird that's like, exhausting yeah and like there were times when i was just like am i gonna have to like stop playing soccer is this like gonna have to be a thing i'd never like i don't ever want to like have that like thought in my head but um i was getting really worried and um but yeah it, it all seemed to work out as soon as i went to um it was it was i uh, some bad family troubles right before I left um, uh, for Hartford, which kind of made the celebration of signing kind of crappy. Um, my dad passed that January. And um, literally two days after the funeral, I had to go to preseason. So I was, um, it was, I was out of it. Like it was like the weirdest thing I've ever had to, um, kind of like experience but uh my coach at the time was so supportive of everything he's like yeah if you ever need to go home like you get your butt on the plane like we'll do anything you, you can do like to get home like if you need to see your family like anything like go home and so i the, we had like an unreal coaching staff that was just so supportive on everything and then um obviously the players and it's it was pretty weird to say but like at this level, we didn't have any egos on the team last year, and I don't, we don't have any this year. It's it was it's pretty uncommon to say that at the professional level. Very unique. Yeah, and when you have guys that is, are as selfless as that, but um, I mean, like it was, they're all so supportive of everything, and because it was a it was a really rough, um, I think it was six or seven months. Because right when I came home from Sweden, that's when I found out he had cancer. Um, so I was like, Hey, I'm back home by the way. Like, yeah, like this happened. So, I mean, it was, um, puts the sport into perspective a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, it was definitely a weird time, but, uh, I definitely had a good group around me that kind of pulled me through it. And, uh, I'm kind of glad I was playing soccer at the time because if I was at home, I mean, I'd be overthinking everything, you know, like what could I have done? Like, like everything, you know, like it's why did this happen? Why, why did this have to happen to our family? Like, yeah, all those things. And I'm almost, glad I almost can use the field as like an escape. Once you step on the field, it's just, 
yeah, it's you can kind of forget about everything for a little while, and that, that was the best thing. So, um, it was that was I think that was the best thing for me was to kind of get into playing right away because it kind of made me um, cope with it a little better. Let's just say that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and even like the whole organization was so supportive of it. Like, I know, um, like when Father's Day came around and um we actually played a home game on that day and they made like these uh armbands and the whole oh, wow. team were armbands with his initials oh, that's awesome. it was like the greatest like i don't know it was i i could have never expected anything like that to happen before so that's incredible yeah yeah crazy first year though as a yeah. true professional so yeah, yeah that's uh that's a lot and that's hard uh i feel like too as a goalkeeper you know you're it's uh a very mental position um you know standing mm -hmm. between the sticks already so then to have all of that which is just you know such a, a terrible and hard thing to go through um it it's good that you know obviously the season went well but that's not the biggest concern at that time the biggest concern exactly. is, is exactly. dealing with it coping with it um what was what was your experience then like obviously the team's supportive of that um but you're away from family you're kind of on your own trying to maneuver something that most players on your team probably hadn't experienced yet and so it's mm -hmm. you, i'm sure at times feel like you're a little bit on an island almost yeah so um being away definitely was is a hard thing um i i do like that i'm not a seven hour time difference as I was like when I was in Sweden, because that was so hard to get used to. Cause when you're waking up, they're going to bed. Like it's just like, or vice versa. And, um, so it was nice only being an hour difference apart. So whenever I needed to call somebody, I could, um, because, uh, obviously I, I was calling my mom every day, almost every day. And I was just like, Hey, how you doing? Like everything's going well. Um, and just talk about like life and stuff like that and um had many conversations with my girlfriend at the time like multiple calls a day just to try and keep me uh thinking about different things and um yeah i mean uh, the nice thing was like i never truly felt lonely when i was here when it, which is a good thing because i had a uh, when i i lived in a house with three other guys um last year and we were all very close so whenever I was starting to feel like, like, oh, something like I might go down like a little bit, like right now, like my, my mood's changing a little bit right now. I just go and hang out with them and then try and like keep myself busy. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's just like keeping yourself busy. Even now during like this time, it's just keeping yourself busy, like trying to control what you can control, you know, like you can't make this pandemic go away, but can you take advantage of it? You know, like, can you, can you do it to your best advantage and can you come out with it stronger? So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely a weird time, but, uh, I, I always had a, a, a good core around me, which definitely made me, me stronger. So, yeah, yeah, no, it sounds, it sounds like the, uh, the community and the teammates and coaching staff and all really, uh, were a good fit and ended up, mm -hmm. you know, maybe being, not saying anything bad against Ford Madison or something, but seems like it was a, a good fit not just for the the soccer on the field but also a good fit in in the relationships 
Yeah, I mean, either way, I think because uh, I had some buddies that played on the on the Madison team last year. Either way, I think I I, I couldn't have made a bad choice. Um, but I'm I'm glad I made my choice with Hartford. Um, Unreal community here, uh, great fan base. Um, um, my goalie coach here like has excelled me like through the roof. So I mean, like I've grown so much since I've been here, and because he's been here for uh, he was here last year as well. So I mean, being with him has just been uh, great for my progression as a goalkeeper too. So I mean, I'm glad I made this decision and just never looking back. You know. Yeah, and I feel like with, with goalie coaches, the ability to have one for multiple years is so beneficial. Huge, huge. Um, you know, a field player, you get a new assistant all the time and whatever. It's it's not – there's some changes, obviously, when a head coach changes, sure, tactics and all. But with a goalie coach, I feel like there's so many little intricacies of goalkeeping and just, like, understanding the, the person you're coaching and – you can pick up on so many, so many things and all. I think it's, it's so beneficial to be able to train under the same coach multiple. Well, years. every goalkeeper coach is different. It seems like, so, um, like they all have their little tweaks and how they want to do it. So it's like when you have one that you can stick to, you know what he wants out of you, you know, he wants you to get better. That's his biggest thing. Like every single day, like we never, like some days, like in the, um, I know last year, uh, I, I only played in like a couple friendlies last year. I, I wasn't the main guy. So like the days after games when they were just doing their recovery and stuff like that, me, the other goalie and the other goalie, we got after it. <laughs> like we never really had like a slow day. It was like those days were our hardest days because he could kick the crap out of us for about two hours. So I mean, it was... Um, it's the best of the, times. It was the worst of times. It's, it's the worst, but it's also like the the most beneficial, you know, because yeah. you get the most out of it. So, um, I don't know. I I really like him, and uh, I'm glad he's here, man. Like it's definitely a blessing. So, we got a question. Any good goalie training sites? Do you use any any uh any sites you use to get just different training ideas or anything when you're in the definitely offices? during this time? Um. Doing like little, it's hard to do a bunch of goalie stuff by yourself, like training. Um, but uh, I know the the glove company that I'm uh, sponsored by actually, uh, they have Instagram videos online every single day, and it's it's John Bush, who's a, obviously one of the best American goalkeepers uh, to play in uh, the MLS and obviously the USL as well. But every day he comes out with. Um, new training videos on stuff you can do by yourself oh, nice. so it's a little stuff to keep your um your mind going keep your technique kind of sharp while um while you're away by yourself so i mean it's tough right now just because like you can't go out in a group of 10 guys and go do a shooting drill or a crossing drill yeah you keep off the pitch trust me i've tried okay <laughs> but yeah, like, you're not you're not getting that live fire the same. No, but it's like I think now the biggest thing is just finding uh, the little things you need to work on. Whether it's like I, the biggest thing I've been working on right now has been my weak foot. Um, my right foot is obviously not nowhere near as good as my left, but I, this time I've definitely been like stressing. It's just like get touches, just find a wall, do something like, um, and obviously just trying to keep the other things sharp so I don't come back and have the ball hit my face instead of my hands, you know? So that's, which that's always just, I feel like a good rule. If you can, as a goalie to use your hands yeah. instead of your face. 
as long as it's not going to the goal, you know? <laughs> that's, that's the truth. At the end of the day, I guess. <laughs> um, so some, some questions I want to know. A fun one that we ask guys uh, that train at Bridges is Bridges, uh, in the indoor, you play five-a-side plus a goalkeeper. Uh, do you have your ultimate five-a-side team without including MLS players into it? Without MLS players? Um, let's see. And, goal, and, it, probably... and it's weird as a goalie, you can, if you want, put yourself if you no. if you so desire. But I think the best goal I've trained with there has been Jeff Gall. Um, yeah, great he's guy, a... and he's a unbelievably humble guy. Uh, I like him a lot. <laughs> no, he's so. Not. Um, and goal, I probably go Jeff. Um, gotta go Reed. because uh, you know he's gonna work his butt off, and I'll give you some jokes while he, while he's playing too. So. Uh, <laughs> Probably Reed. Um, X. Got to be X. Um, probably I'll put Kaz in there as well. And then I'll put probably uh, probably Abador. You got one more. Striker, maybe. Striker. Got to be Woj. Got to be Woj. Yeah. All right. That's a I'll good year. So I got, I got really close to Woj. And he's one of my buddies. Got to put him up top. You you saved a lot of his shots on you, huh? <laughs> I tried to. Tried, tried to. to. <laughs> Not always. Um, so you've, you've gone, uh, obviously, we said before in this, uh, a unique way to professional soccer. Um, it's not it's not the maybe the, the most typical, but, again, there's no such thing as a normal way to the professional leagues in a sense. Um, looking back on it, going back to maybe 15-year-old you, um, you know, deciding to, to leave your, your amazing club that did so much to you and, you know, going to Campton and all, and, <laughs> you know, stabbing your team in the back. But, oh, wow. <laughs> what, uh, what, what kind of advice would you give yourself that would be to you the most beneficial at that time? Um, I would say the biggest thing probably for me is like, don't get sucked into, to the little things I know um, you got however far you want to go you got to sacrifice that much so um, whether you want to get to the college level you got to sacrifice a little bit whether you want to get to play on a, a solid MPSL team or USL2 team you got to sacrifice more you got to sacrifice more you got to do things that people aren't doing to to put you above the group and then if you ultimately if your goal is to make it to the professional level you're gonna have to sacrifice a lot of things um, and I think uh, if I would have known that when I was 15, 16, um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I obviously, I don't have any regrets, but it's you want to see where it goes. Because I obviously didn't have that that mindset probably until probably my junior year in college. When I, when I, when I wanted to go and play at the professional level, it's like, I asked my coach, I'm like, what can I do? What, what extra, what is, what can I do to make it to this next level? And it's hours and hours of things you can do like with the ball and just putting in the time and not, not going to parties. You don't need to be Mr. Big Shot at the parties. Like I never was. So, uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing is sacrifice. Learn if it's, the sooner you learn that, I think the more successful you're going to be. So, the uh, the short term pain for long term gain. Exactly, exactly. It's gonna, yeah. Obviously, you're gonna like 
sometimes like be like, oh man, I wish I was there or something like that after it was gone or something like that. But um, ultimately, if if this is what you truly want to do, and you want to play soccer and you want to make it to that next level, like you got to have that mindset. I got to do whatever it takes. So, I think I think a lot of younger players have the. Uh... The I like the fun ideas of what being a professional soccer player means and don't realize or appreciate what it actually means to be a professional soccer player and how exactly. much of just a grind it is mentally and physically day in and day out for years. Mm -hmm. Well, you get those guys that are just like, well, in college, it's, you play against those guys or just like, yeah, I'm going to go pro. Yeah, I'm going to go pro. Like, what are you going to do after college? I'm going to go pro. It's just like, oh, it's 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 tough, man. Like, it's... It's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> I think I think my favorite is the uh, well. I have the skill to be a professional player. It's just that I want, and it's like the skill part is like the easiest part in my mind. Yeah, it's that, it's it's, that mental barrier, and they'll try and break you down. So it's, um, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it definitely windows down every year. You know, it's just like freshman year, everyone sophomore year, a couple more. People are like, yeah, no, maybe it's not for me. Junior year, it's like, oh crap, like this is like, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> oh yeah, freshman year, you've got at least at least eight guys that are like, oh yeah, professional soccer. No problem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so true. Um, as as a goalie, we you know we talked about the the mental side of it and all, and being and I would use the word kind of fearless in goal to be a, a good goalie. Uh, how did you learn that mental aspect of, of being a goalie? I think just getting hit in the face multiple times with the ball. <laughs> like, the first ball you get hit in the face with is probably, like, going to be the worst one. But uh, I think that's one of my strengths, actually. It's, like, I'll be – I'm a very aggressive goalkeeper to where, like, I'll focus more, like, my bravery on breakaways. And, like, I'll get hit in the face. I'll get hit in any part of the body as long as it doesn't go in the back of the net. I don't care. I'll, if, it, if I'm on the ground rolling around after because I get hit in a certain area like, and it stops a goal, I'm all for it. You know, like I'll do whatever it takes. And uh, I think it's just like a, a repetition, <laughs> as bad as it sounds, of just like kind of getting that bravery of building that up, of just get hit in the face, getting rocked in the stomach on a, on a, when you're exiting out for a ball. I know uh, at ODP, one of our drills was – land your side like in a diving position and flex your stomach and a guy's gonna have a ball about six inches away from you and he's gonna shoot the ball 30 times into your stomach so it's just i think it's just like kind of overcoming that mental barrier because once you overcome it like i think the best goalkeepers are the ones that are fearless or willing to do whatever it takes to keep that ball to the back of the net so going into a tackle like when you know you're going to clatter probably, but you're making the save. I think that's the biggest thing, that mental I, barrier. We might we might have had the same coach because we had one – as a defender, we had to stand on the goal line and uh, everyone was on the penalty spot with the ball and you had to block without using your hands. You had to pop your head. But as you, as you said, like the first couple are pretty bad, but after a while you're like, all right, it's going to hurt for a second. Yeah. Now, probably long term, there's some effect. Now, oh, but, probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, <laughs> you don't want to think about that right up, now. You build up that that bravery almost to yeah. to realize. I feel like last last year, I probably got hit in the face at least once once a week. 
like with a breakaway shot. It was, but I made the save, got over it. Like some of them, I got hit in the neck last year. One of my roommates now actually, that was terrible. So it was a one v one, and he he uh, has a quick like toe ball and like sm I don't know how he had this this much power in the ball, hits me right on my Adam's apple, and I went down, and I I was like struggling to get up. Uh, <laughs> brutal. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean like after that fifteen minute period of me rolling around on the ground, I mean I was back in practice. <laughs> but it's I, that mental barrier is the biggest thing I think. <laughs> Were you uh, were you yelling as much the rest of that training? No, I was I was silent. <laughs> you were just doing the hands. Yeah, go go over there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, I had some bad ones last year. <laughs> the the joys of being a goalkeeper. That's why yeah. I mean, that's why you gotta be a little crazy to stand. There. Yeah, not not everyone can do it, you know. Listen, we we as field players always make fun and tease the goalies, but none of us want to stand there. Until you actually shot. go in the goal and take the shots. <laughs> yeah. Even just like, you know, you watch like a goalie and you're shooting from outside the 18. Like, oh, man, why didn't he save that? Like, come on. Yeah, then yeah. you stand there and you're like, oh, gosh, this is a lot harder. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But I, I appreciate you coming on, um, sharing your story, sharing the – the positive sharing some of the harder moments um i i appreciate i think for younger players especially it's it's good to see it's not all sunshine and, and rainbows at times but um i do like the fact too that during that you know an extremely difficult time your your teammate and coaches were there for you almost like a mm -hmm. second family and i think that's that's probably the at least for me and to a lot of players i've talked to like the one of the driving forces of why we liked playing the sport so much is that that fact that you build that brotherhood in the locker room 100 percent, yeah so thank you for taking your time i appreciate it um, yeah it was fun man fun. excited excited to see you out on the field blocking more shots with your face <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> you need you need someone to like punch you in the face or something right now since it's been so long it's like yeah i haven't gotten you know, any of this <laughs> I'm kind of having some withdrawals, you know. You gotta ask one of your uh, one of your teammates just every morning when you wake up to smack yeah. you across the face to kind of get you in that boat. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll make sure to get on that one. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you. Take care. All right, I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. See you. Bye.